Tell you one thing I have to give you, Radiate, you do know how to honor. I am so honored, um, and I have felt that honor all day long since I um, have, have walked into the building. And it is such an honor. Um, I said this in the first service, and I, I say it again. This is probably one of the greatest honors in my life, is to be able to stand before you today and to honor Pastor Brandon during Pastor Appreciation Day. He is my pastor. He will always be my pastor. If you're lucky in life, you get to have at least one great pastor in your life. And I've been blessed that I've had a couple great pastors, but Brandon Goff will always be my pastor. No matter where I go, no matter what I do, no matter how many churches I may pastor, he will always be my pastor. So Brandon, we honor you today. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for your church and your leaders and um, your servers who have just shown honor to me today. Um, it is amazing. Thank you. It is good to be with you this morning. Um, I get to check off. I, I've told Pastor Brandon that no matter how many campuses he has, no matter where they're at, I get to preach in every campus since I'm an OG. So I get to check off now, preaching in the new amazing facility that you guys have here. Uh, it was such an honor to be able to come when y'all dedicated the building um, about a year or so ago, a little over a year ago, I believe, or getting close, um, but it is an honor. So I told him also in the second service when he opens a campus in China, he has to fly me over there so I can preach there too, so I'm going ahead and throwing that out. Absolutely, amen, amen. But God is good. Is God good to you? Yes. Amen. Amen. Today, I believe I've got, I don't believe, I know I've got a word. I've got a word that is an impactful word that I believe God has given me today. It's a word that will challenge you. It is a word that may even convict you. It's not an easy word to preach. It's not one that I may get a lot of amens from, but it is a word that I believe God has sent to set his people free and to allow his people to live the life that God has intended for them to live in freedom this morning. As we talk about honor, honor is a difficult thing. Honor is a difficult thing because many times we find it hard to honor because we battle with selfish desires. You see, it's hard to honor others when we battle with the selfish desires that we have inside of us. You see, one thing that I know Pastor Brandon has preached many times is the two greatest commandments that Jesus ever gave. You see, we face a battle in our mind, in our heart, in our spirit that tries to prevent us from honoring others. But Jesus gave us these two commandments. He said, first, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, with all your spirit. Love God with all of that. And love your neighbor as yourself. You see, most of the problems we face in society comes from a failure to fulfill those two commitments. Most of the problems we see in our world today is because we fail to fulfill those two commitments. We choose ourself over honoring God. We choose ourself over honoring others. Instead of honoring God's word, instead of honoring God, if God's word comes against us and convicts us and we don't like it, we would just rather give in to self-pleasure than honoring who God is and what he says. Instead of honoring our neighbor, instead of honoring our boss, instead of honoring our pastor, we would rather choose our self-indulgence so that we can have things our way and how we want them. We choose self over honor. Brandon Goff said this one time. He said there are so many followers in the church that have prayed the sinner's prayer, they're saved from hell, but they refuse to grow in Christ. That is something that has stuck with me because we refuse to allow Jesus to transform our heart, our mind, and our soul. 
We pray the sinner's prayer. We're on the road to heaven, but we don't want God to change us because of selfish desires. We miss out on the life that God has intended for us. We miss out on a life of freedom that God wants us to live in because we hold on to self. And Jesus saw that so many years ago when in Mark 8 he said this, when he called the people to himself, his disciples also, he said to them, if anyone desires to come after me, if anyone wants to come and follow me, let him deny himself. Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whosoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's sake will save it. For what will it profit a man to gain the whole world, to get everything that he wants, to have his way all the time, to control everything, but lose his soul? Here's a key thing that Pastor Brandon pointed out when he preached this service. It was that if anyone, that Jesus knew that there would be people that would refuse him, that though Jesus gave his all for us, Jesus knew there would be people that refused him because they could not deny themselves. You see, it's easy to deny things. It's easy even to deny pleasures. Sometimes it's even, even easier to deny people. But it's hard to deny ourselves. It's hard to deny the things we want. It's hard to deny the things we want to control, to have it our way. Why is it so hard? Because society tells us, don't deny self. Get what you want. Do whatever it takes to get it. Glorify yourself. Edify yourself. Build yourself up. Tear whoever you've got to tear down to build you up. Admire yourself. Have arrogance in yourself deify yourself put yourself on the same level as God and the enemy says get your way be in control get it all gain the whole world because he could care less if we lose our soul the enemy's desire from the time that he was cast out of heaven is he knew he could not defeat God so his goal was to try to take every one of God's children away from him his goal was to get into our lives, to try to wreck our lives, to try to mess up our lives so that we would turn away from God. Because God loved us so much that he sent his own son to come into this world, to die for us, to set us free. And the enemy tries to do everything he can to destroy us so that we'll walk away from God. So that we won't choose him. God has chosen us and the enemy wants to do whatever he can so that we won't choose God. Proverbs 6 says this, there are six things that God hates and one more that he loathes with a passion. These are things that the enemy uses to try to destroy God's people. One are eyes that are arrogant. Another is a tongue that lies. Hands that murder the innocent. A heart that hatches evil plots. Feet that are swift to run to evil and do no good. A false witness who speaks lies against his neighbor. And a troublemaker and a sower of discord among the brethren. And you see, the thing about that is we are all easily accept, susceptible to those things. I could fall into one of those things just like that if I let my guard down. There's been times in my life that those things have been in my life because I've chosen self over what God's will was. You see, when we open ourselves up to give in to those things, we can be overtaken, controlled, or attacked by a spirit. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. 
You see, many times we think, well, if I come to church every Sunday, that the enemy can't touch me. It's more about than sitting on a pew. It's about having something inside of you to resist the enemy. You see, Revelations 2 talks about this spirit. In Revelations 2, and starting in verse 18, it says, And the angel of the church of Thyatira writes this. He says, The Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and feet like fine brass, I know your works, works of love, service, faith, and patience. And for these works, the last are more than the first. But nevertheless, I've found a few things against you because you allowed that woman Jezebel, that spirit Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit sexual immorality and to eat things that are sacrificed to idols. Basically what it's talking about there is defiling ourselves from the inside and from the outside. And you say, well, who is this, who is this spirit Jezebel? Who is this woman Jezebel? If we go back into the Old Testament, 1 Kings in chapter 19 gives us a little bit of a picture of who this is. And it said, and, Abba, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Also how Elijah had executed the prophets with the sword. And then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also if I don't make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when Elijah saw and heard that, he arose and ran from his life, for his life, and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree, and he prayed that he might die, and he said, it is enough. Lord, take my life, for I'm no better than my father's. You see, this spirit of Jezebel, it didn't just occur right then with Queen Jezebel. It was a spirit that the enemy brought into the Garden of Eden when he deceived Eve, when he deceived Eve and said, hey, you can eat the fruit. You can eat the fruit. You can be just like God if you eat it. Because you see what a Jezebel spirit's desire is, is to keep you from honoring God's will, to keep you from honoring what God has ordained and anointed. You see, because a Jezebel spirit cannot honor God or anyone that God puts in authority. A Jezebel spirit cannot honor God's anointed person. You see, Elijah, before this verse in, in Kings 19, Elijah, he had went and he had fought against the prophets of Baal. He had called down fire from heaven. The prophets had been slewed. And Jezebel just said, I'm going to kill you. He had seen God move in a way that God had probably never moved before. And just the words of this woman made him afraid and he ran. He succumbed to that spiritual attack. You see, when Jezebel attacks, it's through people's words and actions that are empowered by the spirit of the enemy. You see, there's things that will show you who operates in a Jezebel spirit. First thing is insecurity and rejection. There's some type of insecurity. There's a root of insecurity in their life that's never been dealt with. Things, when they don't go their way, they become upset. When they don't get what they want or don't get things how they want it, they become upset. And the pride and the arrogance in them rises up because they're the best. They know how to do it better than anyone. They can come and tell the pastor how he needs to run his church because they know how to do it. They can go, you're a leader in an organization. They can come and tell you how you need to run your organization because they know the best way to do it. Because they, op they operate with manipulation and control. 
They try to manipulate others to gain control. They recruit followers to help them tear down and take over. They don't want to lead. That's the crazy thing about it. They don't want to lead, but they just want to control the leader. They don't want to take on the responsibility. They don't want to take on all the control. They just want to control the leader. They sit back. They listen. They mingle. They discover who they can get to do their dirty work. And then they come to me and say, God's given me this vision for the church. Let me tell you something. If somebody comes to you with a vision from God for the church that God did not give the pastor, that is called division. Because where there's two visions, that is division. God has appointed a pastor to be the pastor of the church for a reason, to bring the vision of God to the church. If anyone comes to you with another vision for another pastor's church, you need to run because they are operating under a Jezebel spirit. And the thing about a Jezebel spirit is this. It has no respect to gender. It can operate in both men and both and women. Eve, as I said earlier, she fell under that Jezebel spirit. In Genesis 3, it said, the serpent said to the woman, you shall not die, for God knows that in the day that you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be just like God. Knowing good and evil. You see that Jezebel spirit, it deceived her and in turn, she deceived her husband. You see, the sin of Adam and Eve wasn't knowing and obtaining knowledge. It was the rejection of God's will in their life. You see, Jezebel's goal is to keep you from, a, from fulfilling God's anointing in your life. Its goal is to get you to reject God's will, to reject God's calling, to reject God's anointing. It operates in an arrogance to where they're always right. They manipulate, they control, they intimidate because they want you to give in to their demands. And if you don't give in to their demands, they go and they threaten you. As we see Jezebel told Elijah, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. You went against my prophets. You went against Baal. I'm going to kill you. And they want you to be afraid. They want you to give up. Ahab Jezebel's husband fell under this influence. Ahab was one of the second greatest conquerors in the history of Israel. Solomon was the greatest king, greatest conqueror. Ahab was second, David was third. Ahab conquered the second most amount of land in his life. And the amazing thing is, one time a man didn't want to give him his land. And you know what he did? He pouted, he sulked, he cried to his wife, and she taunted him and ridiculed him. So he proceeded to have him killed and framed so that he could take his land. You see, the Jezebel spirit has a single-minded determination to have its way no matter who is hurt and who is destroyed in the process. A Jezebel spirit doesn't care about you. It doesn't care about your church. It doesn't care about your organization. It just wants to do anything it can to wreck God's will and God's plan. If we look into the disciples... There's examples of Jezebel's spirit operating in the disciples. Judas, of course, is the obvious. Jesus did not fulfill what Judas wanted him to do, so Judas portrayed him with 30 pieces of silver. But I'm here to tell you, the Jezebel spirit also operated in Peter. Peter fell under its influence. Mark 8 tells us that Jesus began to teach, and the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and then after three days rise again. And when he spoke this word openly, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Jesus, that's not the way it needs to be. Jesus, you shouldn't do it this way. This is what you need to do. 
Jesus, that's not what God really wants. And it tells us that Jesus looked at him right then and he said, Peter, get behind me, Satan. You see, even those that are close to us can in times be influenced by Jezebel's spirit if we're not being mindful of what we're allowing to come into our hearts, into our minds, into our souls. You see, Luke 22, it shows on where Jesus told Peter, he said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you, but I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you return to me, strengthen your brethren. And Peter said, no, Lord, I'm ready to follow you to prison. I'm ready to follow you to death. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, I'm the one that'll be there. Everybody else will leave you, but I'll be there for you. And Jesus said, before the rooster crows three times, you'll deny me. You see, regardless of what you want to call it, call it a spirit of manipulation, call it a spirit of arrogance, call it a spirit of control, it is a spirit of the enemy. Because you see, when the Jezebel spirit operates in someone, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against the powers and the principalities of the air. It tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, for though we walk in flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. For our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God must be brought down into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You see, anything that exalts itself above the knowledge of God is a hindrance, is a stronghold, and it needs to be brought down into the captivity of the obedience of God and his will. But that is one of the schemes that Satan still uses today to try to deceive God's people. The spirit of Jezebel tries to take authority, to bring false teachings, to bring false witnesses, to destroy the authority that God has placed on his anointed leaders. A spirit of Jezebel tries to control and manipulate to get you to do something that God never ordered. They come in and they attack and they try to get you to open doors that God never intended for you to open. Or they try to get you to close doors that God never intended for you to close because God wants to take you to another level. The spirit of Jezebel seeks to destroy God's people because as I said, Satan hates God. The Jezebel spirit its goal is to keep a person under its influence, to keep a person under its control so that they don't fix what's wrong in their life. That they can gain the whole world, they can get their way, they can do whatever it takes to get their way. And because of that, they want to remove any leader who challenges them to grow. They want to remove anyone that challenges them to change and be a better person. You see, a Jezebel spirit cannot stand a growth mindset. A Jezebel spirit wants to cause as much issues as it can in an organization to get the leader to walk away from what God has anointed and called them to do. You see, it's okay not to always agree with your leader. There will be things that you may have that if you're under any type of authority, under any type of leaderships, there will be things that you don't agree with. There will be things that you don't like. But it is not okay to tear down the leader. Even David, when David had been anointed as king and he could have killed Saul at any time, David said, I will not touch God's anointed. You may not agree. You may not like it. But if you attack and tear down, you are operating in one of those six things that God hates. That's not me. That's the word of the Lord. 
You see, there's four aims of the Jezebel spirit. The first thing is it aims to bring fear. When we look, as we talked about earlier, it says in verse 2, So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let it be God's due to me and more also if I don't make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow. Let the gods do to me what you've done to them if I don't kill you, Elijah. Her aim was to bring fear. Because you see, a Jezebel spirit can't operate without an Ahab spirit of fear. These spirits attack the mind. They try to influence the mind. They try to bring fear into the mind. And you see, these spirits have power because we tolerate it. That we allow them to capture our minds instead of us capturing our own thoughts. You see, when we stop tolerating the spirit of Jezebel, it will lose its power. When we stop allowing people to come in and to recruit us to do their work, dirty work, they will lose their power. But as long as we allow them to come in and to reign in our lives, to capture our thoughts, and to get us to do things that are against God's will, it'll keep his power. It's when we stand up against it that it'll lose it. You see, a Jezebel spirit will try to cause people to control every situation because of that fear of insecurity and rejection we talked about earlier. King Saul operated under the influence of a Jezebel spirit because he was so afraid that someone else was going to come and take his kingship. King Herod operated under that same fear that there was a king that has been talked about that's going to come and be the king of the Jews. And he to find this king he wanted the wise men to show him where he's at so he can go worship him but really he wanted to kill him David was continuously attacked by Jezebel and Ahab spirit and you see the most subtle way that that spirit gets into a leader's life is through someone who alleges their complete allegiance to them they're the only one that's called to serve you. I'm the only one in this business, this organization, that can do it how you need it done. I'm the only one that can intercede for you. I'm the only one that can be your armor bearer. I'm the only one that you need to let pray for you. I'm the only one that you need to let be close to you because I know how to do it right because I'm the best at it. I can even teach you a few things, leader. You see, the deception of this spirit often goes unrecognized because at first it seems like it's a help. But in the end, David shows us in Psalms 41 when David says this, Even my close friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has now lifted his heel against me. In Psalms 55, David talked about, For it wasn't an enemy who reproached me, because if it was an enemy, I could bear it. Nor was it one who hated me and exalted himself against me, because if that was the case, I could hide myself or I could remove myself from him. But David says, It's you. A man of my equal, my companion, my familiar friend, who I had sweet fellowship with that has betrayed me. You see, many times I believe the person is blinded to the control and manipulation of the Jezebel spirit. I believe there are people that operate under the influence of a Jezebel spirit and they never even realize it. They never even realize that they're trying to control and manipulate. But you see what they do? They duplicate they try to get others to do their dirty work so that they can sit back. They can sit back and let others do the work for them. They present themselves as the humble servant, the one who's there for you at all times. Well, they're recruiting others to do their dirty work because their desire is to remove leadership and stand against God's plan. They never intend to be the leader. They never want to take on the responsibility of the leader. They just want to be able to control the leader. 
the Jezebel spirit aims to bring fear. The Jezebel spirit aims to bring isolation. If we look in chapter 19 of 1 Kings in verse 3, it says, And when he saw that and heard that, he arose and ran from his life, and he left his servant there. You see, the Jezebel spirit, when they attack you, they want to get you away from everyone else. You see, there's a time for solitude to where you go and you get with God and you're by yourself with God when you go up on the mountain with God. But that is different from isolation when you just get away with you. To where you reject God, where you reject family, you reject friends, and you go just try to be with you. You see, detachment from God and detachments from others cripples you spiritually. It cripples you spiritually because you are not meant to face this life alone. But the Jezebel spirit wants to draw you to itself, to where you reject everyone else, and the only person you thought you had was them, and now they're the one attacking you. It wants you to fight alone. It doesn't want you to seek help. We look at this and we see this in David. When David said in 1 Samuel, David arose and fled that day before Saul. In 2 Samuel 15, David says, The hearts of the men of Israel are with Absalom. So he and all his servants who were with him, they arose and they flee. Because if not, they would not escape Absalom. Adam and Eve in Genesis 3, after they had fallen under the influence of a Jezebel spirit, they heard the sound of God walking in the garden of the cool, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from God's presence. You see, the Jezebel spirit wants you to get out of God's presence. It wants you to get out of God's presence so you'll reject God's calling, so that you'll reject God's anointing. Peter, when he denied Christ, it says that he hid on the outskirts of the crowd. And when the people in the crowd would come to him and say, hey, aren't you one of his followers? He would say no, and he would run farther and farther away. It says until finally after the third time that he ran out and wept bitterly. Elijah hid in a cave. The Lord tried to get his attention with an earthquake, with a fire and a whirlpool, but he just wanted to stay in the cave. You see, because the Jezebel spirit, it wants to make you afraid. It wants you to isolate yourself, and it wants to wear you out and exhaust you. You see, this spiritual attack leaves you physically, but more mentally exhausted. It wants to attack your mind so that you're constantly second-guessing yourself. It wants to attack your mind so that you're wondering, what did I do wrong? What could I have done different? Where did I mess up? It leads to paranoia so that you don't trust anyone because this was the person who had committed themselves to be the one you could trust into, and now you're isolated from everyone. You can't sleep because your mind is constantly thinking about what you did and what's going to happen now because this person is intimidating and threatening you. It wants to get you out of the place where you can't rest anymore. It wants to exhaust you, which leads to physical sickness or even mental sickness and depression because we see in 1 Kings 19.4 that it says that Elijah, he went a day's journey into the wilderness alone and he came and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die. And he said, it's enough. Lord, take my life for I'm no better than my father. You see, Elijah prayed a prayer that is many times prayed by other leaders. When we look in Jonah, Jonah said this, it's better for me to die than me to live. Jeremiah said, cursed be the day in which I was born. Let me not be blessed. Let the day I was born not be blessed. Job 3 said this, after Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth, Job spoke and said, may the day perish in which I was born. You see, the Jezebel spirit wants you to give up. The Jezebel spirit wants you to quit. 
You see, this spirit wants you to be deterred from anything that, the, that God wants you to accomplish. It wants you to give up. It wants you to quit. It wants you to turn away. This spirit will try to convince you that you're no longer qualified. That you're not qualified for the work that God's called you to do. You're not qualified for the position that God's placed you in. You're not qualified to be the leader of the business that you're over. And this spirit will wear you down and get you to doubt God's calling, to doubt God's promises, and to walk away from what God has given you. Stephen Furtick said it best this way, the enemy knows that one of our weakest links is our mind. And that's what the enemy attacks. But I've got good news to bring you this morning. David said this, when David finally got in solitude with God, he cried out and he said this, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. The poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him from his troubles. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good and blessed is the man who trusts in him. And God responded with this, the Lord declares to you, that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I'll raise up your offspring to succeed you. Your own flesh and blood, Jesus Christ, I will establish his kingdom. Your offspring, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, will be the one who I will build a house for my name, and I will establish his throne forever. Job said, though he, though, though he slay me, yet I trust and hope in him. And God told Job, your latter days will be greater than your beginning. Peter repented. And when he saw Jesus on the shore, he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, Peter, feed my sheep. Because on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So how do we beat this spirit? Real quick, first thing we've got to do is repent. Whether you're under the influence of this spirit or you're under the attack of this spirit, the first thing we've got to do is repent. We've got to surrender our lives to where we turned away from God's calling, from his responsibility, for his anointing. Because you see, we can't recover our authority unless we repent and change our ways. Repent means to be more than just sorry. Repent means to change your direction, to change your way of thinking, to change your way of behaving. Because we'll never be able to find out God's will for our lives unless we're made new. Not just in our heart, not just in our soul, but having our minds renewed and transformed. Brandon Goff said this one time. He said, you can't become someone new and your mind, your thoughts, and your beliefs stay where they were. He also said this, we can't believe God's big enough to save our souls, but not big enough to transform our minds. Because Romans 12 and 2 says this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Our prayer every day has to be, God, make my mind new today. Transform my mind by renewing my thoughts. We've got to repent. Second thing we've got to do is we've got to take back faith. We've got to take responsibility from where we left God. Because you see, that's the, that's the aim of the Jezebel spirit, to get us to walk away, to get us to quit. And we've got to stand up and say, God, I repent from where I walked away from you. When we get up in our calling, when we allow God's calling and his anointing to rise up in me, we can resist the Jezebel spirit. Because I'm here to tell you this. 
There is no spirit of the enemy that's bigger than my God. There is no spirit that the enemy sends my way that is bigger than my God. Because the word of the Lord says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and there is liberty from any spirit of the enemy. If I really give him my life, something will change. Brandon Goff said this. He said, he loved, God loves you too much just to say, hey, you're going to make it to heaven, but I'm just going to leave you down here in your mess. Nowhere in Scripture shows me that nothing changes when we encounter Jesus, but that everything changes when we get into his presence. And I've got good news to tell you this morning. The Spirit of God, that same Spirit will fill us. It will teach us. It will guide us. And it will transform us. But we can't just settle for a little dabble do. We've got to make sure that every day He fills me every day. That when I wake up, I need Him to fill me so that I don't get led astray. When I go and take my lunch break, I need Him to fill me so that my heart is in rhythm with His heart. When I lay my head down to rest, I need Him to fill me so that my soul longs for His soul and His will i got to take back my faith. I've got to resist the attack and take action. You see, to resist the Jezebel spirit, you've got to stand up in the name of Jesus. You can't just sit back. You can't just sit back and, oh, Jesus, just help me. Lord, fight the battle. you got to sing a little louder. you got to say, Lord, I know the battle's yours, but I'm going to praise you a little more. I'm going to sing a little louder. I'm going to raise my hallelujah because no matter what comes against me, you're not going to leave me. Paul says you got to take your thoughts captive. Where the enemy comes in and says you can't win, you need to quit. Nobody believes you can do it. Nobody likes you. Nobody thinks you can do it. That you got to stand up. You got to take your faith and you got to look at the enemy and say, I will not quit because I am above and not belief. I am the head and not the tail. I am more than you say I am, enemy. I'm anointed. I'm called by God. I'm empowered by His Spirit. I will be something. I will overcome. I am going to do what God called me to do because I'm fearfully wonderfully made and I am a child of the king you've got to fill your mind with his word you got to start memorizing scripture because the Jezebel spirit can't have room if your mind is full of God I believe that God is telling us this as I close this morning those of you who have been under this attack that he tells us come to me all you who are labor and heavy laden I'll give you rest he says, don't grow weary of doing good. When everyone else comes against you, when you're doing my calling, you keep doing good because in due season, you'll reap good if you don't give up. Isaiah says this. He says, but fear not for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I'll strengthen you. I'll help you and I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. Because no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Because this is your heritage in me. Be strong. Be courageous. Don't fear. Don't dread your enemies. For it's the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, where His presence is, there is liberty and there is freedom. For every place that your foot trods, I'll give it to you. I'll be with you. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. Be strong. Be courageous. Don't be afraid. For I'll go with you wherever you go. Because all things are going to work out for good for those who love the Lord and called according to his purpose. Paul said this, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. 
because I can do and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Because when we repent and when we're filled with the Spirit, everything will change. Everything will change. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, David prayed this prayer, and I think it's a prayer that's so still impactful for us today, so impactful for the church, so impactful for anyone who's a follower of Christ and for anyone who isn't yet a follower of Christ. But David prayed this prayer in Psalms 139. He said, search me, God, know my heart. Try me and know my fears and anxieties and see if there's anything wicked in me and lead me to the way of everlasting so this morning I come to you to tell you this. You may have been operating under the influence of a Jezebel spirit not even know it, but today is a day for deliverance. You may have been attacked, whether it be in your home, whether it be in your workplace, whether it be in your church of where you are in leadership by a Jezebel spirit, but God's here to tell you today that he's bigger, that he's bigger to sing a little louder but today is a day of deliverance. Father God, we come to you. God, we kneel at your feet and we surrender our life to you, God.